Welcome to Founders and Friends Podcast with Scott Orn at Cruise Consulting. And before we get to Matt Zeiser's interview, I just want to thank everyone who's listening to the podcast. It's grown really, really nicely this year. I'm super excited for 2017. And, you know, one quick request, if you get a chance, do you mind leaving a review in iTunes? The way Apple prioritizes their search algorithms and featuring is by, based on uh, reviews. So I'd really appreciate it if you took a few minutes and just gave me a review. Otherwise, have a wonderful holidays and have a great New Year's. And this will be the last podcast of the year. Thanks so much. Take care and thanks for listening. Welcome to Founders and Friends Podcast with Scott Orn at Cruise Consulting. And my very special guest today is Matt Zeiser from Toby. Welcome, Matt. Thank you. So nice Toby to is an e-commerce company, uh, just so everyone knows. That's not like your middle name or something like that. No. Uh, maybe you can give a little quick background on, on who you are and how you uh, have developed your career. Well, I've had a kind of a varied career since college, but I'll, so I'll start from post-grad school. I went to grad school with you as... Yes. as uh, and undergrad. And undergrad, that's true, that's true. But I uh, I went, like a lot of people who don't really know what they want to do, after grad school I went and was a consultant at Bain uh, for a few years and in Chicago and uh, knew that I wanted to get back to the Bay Area and wanted to be you know more of an operational role. So I ended up at a, a company called Quinn Street, which is an online marketing company. Was there for four years in a variety of roles and just you know, kind of got dis- somewhat disillusioned with marketing. I'd say I just I wanted to be closer to an actual product. E-commerce was always something that I was interested in, and you know, one thing led to another, and I got a, a, a ping from a recruiter on LinkedIn about a role at this company, Toby dot com. I had never heard of them prior to that. It's women's clothing, so um, you know, <laughs> not, I'm not I'm not the target market. Yeah, and initially they were interested in me for a marketing role, which made sense. In my background, but uh, as we as we talked more, I had the consulting background. I, I went to business school and law school, so I had a kind of a broad a broader skill set. And uh, they also had an operational role, which uh, w- opened at the same time, which appealed to me just because it allowed me to do a lot of different things, which I really like to do. Um, I get bored if I'm doing the same thing over and over again. And yeah, one thing led to another, and so I've been there a little over two years. And it's been great. Yeah. Yeah. And what's Toby's kind of niche? Like, what do you guys do? Yeah, it's very similar. The product, you know, to to, to simplify it, I mean, our our brand and marketing people would probably crucify me for saying this, but (laughs) it's, it's sort of like a Forever 21 pure play online. So we, you know, our product primarily targets 16 to 24, 25 year olds. And, you know, a lot of college students know us very well, but outside of that, you know, we're not super well known yet anyway. So, and, and you are what the VP of operations. Yeah. Yeah. What does the VP of operations do? Yeah. People exactly. ask me what a chief operating officer always does. Yeah. Does, and I'm always kind of never know how to describe my job. Like well, how right. do you describe your job? Right. I mean, I think it's one of those things. It's sort of a catch all and it's going to vary by the company in, in Toby's case. You know, I like to joke that it's a lot, if not most, of the non-sexy stuff, because uh, there actually is some sexy stuff that goes on in our company. <laughs> but, uh, but uh, so I oversee our fulfillment center, which is based in South San Francisco. Um, you know, orders in, orders out, all of that stuff. HR, finance, IT, uh, customer care, 
and then I, you know, tend to kind of my tentacles reach into other parts of uh, of the business as well. But those are the 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 primary areas. Yeah. Is um, there one like functional area? It might maybe it's like the warehouse management, like that you had to like really figure out how to run, like start from scratch. The, the, that one was the newest, right? Because I, you know, I obviously at various points in my career, I've touched on operational problems, but not really execution. And, you know, the system was relatively straightforward. It was it was easy for me to come in and kind of understand how things work. I didn't have to build a fulfillment system from scratch, which was good yeah. for someone who didn't yeah. re- who wasn't really familiar with it. But understanding the complexities of it and how to how to really optimize it uh, is difficult. And it's primarily, I would say, a personnel problem you know it's it's about how do you motivate people and get you know the right workforce in place and 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 it can be challenging and it's just different i mean you've got it's it's very i wouldn't call it blue collar i i mean i guess i would i don't know that's an outdated term to me but it's it's you know i grew up in consulting very white collar pedigree environments prior to coming to toby and uh, now I'm, you know, working, you know, alongside people who, you know, some of them may not have finished high school. Yeah. And, you know, that presents challenges in and of itself. It's for me, it's rewarding. I like that, yeah. um, you know, but I can understand, you know, other people. It's a, it's a different world yeah. and how to motivate those people and to, to make things to train those people and to, to get them to understand certain things is is challenging. How do you, um, do you guys like have an automated warehouse or do you use a lot of manpower or how do you? It's, well, we have a, yeah, we have our own, we built our own warehouse management system. Mm-hmm. So it's all the, um, cool. you know, the order in, the FIFO prioritization, the wave picking, all of that. There's, you know, some heavy engineering that mm-hmm. Toby built itself, but we pick in everything using, you know, old fashioned arms and legs. Yeah. We don't have robots or you know a highly sophisticated amazon kind of fulfillment center you know system but it works pretty well and and you know i've toured other uh you know competitors facilities or or semi-competitors facilities where they spend a bunch of money on on bells and whistles and i and i think you don't need that up to a certain point obviously for amazon you're getting orders out same day and stuff like that that's a whole different ball game yeah but um you know for the most part you still need kind of old fashioned people walking the aisles, picking the orders, yeah. putting them in, you know, packages and shipping them out. Yeah. It's, you know, uh, it's just kind of the nature of the, yeah. of the beast. So you talked about how the company does women's clothing, like forever 21 mm-hmm. kind of style clothing. Yeah. Was that hard for you to relate to? Or was it, was like, you just looked at like the organizational and operational problems and it was super exciting for you. I think, yeah, I think for me it was, it wasn't that hard to relate to because our, our customers are pretty passionate about the product and about looking good and, you know, sharing product with their friends and all of that. And so that was really exciting to me. Obviously it's hard for me to really look at a dress and say that, you know, I think that's cuter than this other dress, you know, uh, I did have to learn. I learned a lot more about the actual product and what a, a skater dress is versus an, an A-line dress or things like that. But I still don't have the judgment, you know, You're that, not a buyer. no, I'm not a buyer. And, and, and even, you know, you know, we do a lot of photo shoots and things like that. And, and, you know, I, there, there's definitely people at the company who have a much better eye for what is good 
good and what is bad. Because to yeah. me, it all kind of looked good. I mean, unless it's really obviously yeah. terrible, um, you know. So there's subtleties to it that I obviously, uh, you know, have some you know disadvantage. I'm just I didn't grow up buying dresses or you know. But the the what I really do like about it is it's a physical product. Um, it covers a wide range of uh, skill sets within the company. And, um, and I like the passion that you see. You can go on our Instagram account. You can go on our Toby account. Sometimes they're screaming at us, but at least it's, you know, people really feel something, uh, you know, about the product yeah. and, and, uh, and about what we're offering them. And to me, you know, coming from a marketing background where you're kind of out in this weird world of, of advertising, you know, that connection to the consumer was uh, very, you know, uh, rewarding. Yeah. Still is. I love so. the passion of on your site too, like the the models and the marketing is just like so it's so excited and so there's yeah. just energy everywhere when you're going through the site. It's really, it's really cool. Yeah, I mean it's a young company, you yeah. know, and uh, we empower a lot of young people to 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 kind of run yeah. with a lot of our marketing campaigns. And marketing has been so you know democratized. Uh, I don't know if that's the right word, but you know. You know, we're we're pushing out two, three Instagram posts a day. You know, you don't have this. You know, we're we're not cr- crafting this huge, you know, brand story yeah. or something. We're just taking pictures in our warehouse or taking pictures of a model shoot or you know, and 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 a lot of it is expression of people in our company, yeah. and that's what resonates with our customer. Yeah. You know, it may not work for everybody, but for us. You know, they, you know, uh, authenticity is a big thing for the younger generation. They don't want you to, they don't want to feel like they're being pushed, something's being pushed on them or, you know, it's, it's got to have its own real voice. Yeah. And so we really try to, to do that. I mean, we have, you know, our customer is, is very well represented in our employee ranks at Toby and we, we want to kind of, you know, funnel their message out to our customers. That's a really so, good way of saying, yeah. So you guys purposely, employ kind of your target audience yeah yeah absolutely i mean we have to to keep to stay relevant not only to to design the products that our customers are going to want but just to to get it out on a message that is going to resonate and make sense and and you know they understand things like snapchat and instagram and how to use it appropriately and you know um and all that stuff is important it's it's constantly changing too you know and so you want people who are kind of out there and on the edge of it, you know, to bring that to you. Cause yeah. uh, otherwise you're going to, you're going to, you know, get outmoded pretty fast. So, so you, I mean, and, and that passion definitely comes through on the site. It's just yeah. Really um, yeah. Yeah. So you talked about like managing the warehouse, what you, you do like it. I mean, this is all stuff I do too, by the way, yeah. like, I'm our it guy. Right. I'm our HR for better or worse. I'm our HR person. Like, yeah. What are some of the challenges when you, when you're kind of learning some of these other functions? I think, uh, well, it is a really good example because, um, I don't, I still don't know much, right. I have to be able to ask the right questions. And, um, but I think a lot of it, you have to build a level of trust with the experts who report into you and make sure that you're asking the right generic questions, you know, Mm -hmm. that, that lead to kind of peeling the, the, the onion back a little bit. I think, uh, it's, you know, but, but it is a really difficult area because it's so complex and so technical and And I can, I could spend all my time trying to understand, you know, what our server capacities should be. And, you know, so a lot of it is, you know, you, you, you choose your, you pick your battles, right. 
And, it, you know, for me, IT is good when I don't hear anything about it. And we've got a good, we've got a, I've got a good, you know, IT guy that, that helps explain things to me, you know, like I'm a five-year-old, which helps. As long as it's not blowing up, I, you know, I spend as little amount of time yeah, as I yeah, can yeah. on IT issues. Is there something so, that, is there one of those functions that you do that you didn't think would be very fun, but it turned out to be interesting or cool? I mean, for me, actually, yeah. I think like some of the HR stuff is actually fun for me. It's, I like it. I, yeah. I, you know, there was nothing that I came in where I was like dreading, maybe IT a little bit, but you know, just cause it was an area that I really didn't understand and I know more about it. Yeah, no, not really. I mean, there's nothing that 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 has really surprised me. You know, um, every now and then I'll get involved with brand discussions and things like that around the product that I never thought I would be. You know, talking about who the Toby girl is yeah. and things like that, and I actually enjoy that kind of yeah. stuff. You know, even though it's it's sort of a foreign language to me. To some channeling extent. your Kellogg marketing experience. Yeah, well, and it, a lot of it is just kind of. You know, your understanding of pop culture and, you know, it's not really this structured approach to marketing. It, you know, we're, we're, at a, we're at a point where we don't have a real um, identified structured brand plan or guidelines or anything like that. We're still at the very, very much at the early stages, like, who do we want our girl to be? Who do yeah. we want her to represent? Stuff yeah. like that. You know, that stuff I actually have found to be kind of fun. I don't get involved too much in it, and it, and that's fine, you know. Um, but I do like thinking about it, or and at least being a, a part of the conversation, yeah. um, you know, and, and giving my two cents, it, although it may not be, you know, listened to all that much, but that's okay. Would you, um, I mean, we have a lot of people um, that listen who are like chief of staff at a startup, like an early mm-hmm. stage startup, like yeah. a 10 or 15 person startup, like, yep. and they help CEO with everything, right. from, you know, what kind of advice do you give them as they're, they're going from, you, I don't even know how many employees you guys have probably. Yeah, we're at about 150 now. Yeah, like yeah. what's the advice to someone who's chief of staff, effectively VP of operations at a 10 or 15 person startup? Yeah, that wants to get to some the company. It's 150. Whether it's scaling their own company or just or leaving their job and finding a Toby sized company. You know, when you're thinking about scale, really think about don't just. I think I think there's a, a somewhat of a knee jerk reaction to just do whatever you need to do to get whatever that piece done. Right. So like. You know, I guess an example would be if you're negotiating with somebody or something around a salary and you just say, okay, we'll just give them whatever they want, right? I think you need to walk a fine line between doing whatever you need to do to get it done, but also creating some kind of structure, even if it's a flexible structure that you can grow into so that it's, you know, so that the next time somebody comes in and tries to negotiate, you know, more, you have some limits and some yeah. bounds to some that. Parameters. Yeah. Otherwise you end up, uh, I see that sometimes like we do this, we'll, we'll end up kind of making decisions on the fly all the time. Right. When you, and when we sense ourselves doing that, we start adding more rules or we, yeah. add, you know, I mean, it's, rules. it's incredibly hard to do if you're growing like crazy. It's yeah. a lot easier if you're slow growth and you yeah. can kind of, manage it and and yeah. think about it and you have time so it's it's a lot easier said than done yeah. but i would just say that trying to create some structure early on 
will help, yeah. right? It just because ultimately what that structure does is it takes decision making away from you and from other people so yeah. that you can leverage those people, yeah. right? Because if they have guidelines to say, okay, you know, to go back to the hiring example, right? Uh, okay, for this role, we pay between these, you know, have like a salary band, you know, uh, which is very corporate, yeah. but you know, if they have those guidelines, they know, you know, they don't have to come back and keep asking you for questions and getting permission and all of this stuff. It kind of, it helps, it helps ease some of the decision-making. You know, it's funny. I have a good example of that from today. Like there's a company that's going to, has already committed verbally, but wants to sign our engagement letter and the guy's next lawyer. And he called and he wanted us to like take out our indemnification provision. Mm-hmm. And we had decided a year ago in our engagement letter that we will never touch our indemnification provision. It's probably one of the most important things for us kind of personally because a wealthy startup could just make our life miserable by suing us and right. run us out of business. Yeah. So we don't we don't budge on that. But yeah. because I had this print – and our lawyer is the one who suggested that I never touch it. Right. And I – Remember when she suggested that? I was like, oh, I don't know if that's a good idea. Yeah. I might lose a deal or something. And right. now I'm like, oh my God, thank God she, exactly. she made me promise that. So I told the per- the CEO who wanted us to change. I said, we right. don't do this. Yeah. And every other company has signed this. So, right. you know, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. In a nice I mean, way. That's a, that's a great example. Yeah. Right. And, and I didn't have to spend the more half clients an hour. You saw, I mean, you know, the chances of that one client ending up in a, in a legal situation are probably small. But when you break that rule, it kind of gives permission to break it again later yeah. on and later on at some point it might come back to bite you yeah. so it's, it's a good example and you know as a as an operations person you have to get very comfortable with saying no i mean you know that's probably one of the big, bigger values i bring to toby is just people you know bring things that they want to do and you know a lot of times i say no and i'm okay with that i explain it to them it's not like yeah. Um, you know, I just say no in a, in an unreasonable manner, (laughs) you know, I I try to explain like, here's why we're not going to do it that way. Or here's why we're going to do it. Or let's do it a different way. Or let's think about it. Or here's why we don't do that. Or we learned about this. We learned this four years ago. I do a lot of that here because we're growing so fast. I'll explain. There's always a reason why we're doing something because we learned the hard way that 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 the previous way wasn't good. Yeah. And, you know, but it's, it's, when you're growing so quickly, you know, that growth kind of masks a lot of things. And so it's very easy to just say yes to everything. But then, you know, you will inevitably, your company will inevitably experience some tough times probably, or growth that's not this, you know, not at the same trajectory that you're at now. And, you know, having some of those principles in place will really help you. Uh, kind of navigate through those times because yep. you've got rules, you've got sort of a playbook yeah. for how you do things, and not you don't have to undo everything that you said yes to yeah. while you were on the upswing. Yeah. The playbook know? is such a good way of thinking about it. What that's a that's an awesome example, by the way. That's amazing. What is there something else you've encountered like that? Like maybe it's a, a specific rules or just another way of thinking about these things. I mean, probably yes. I mean, they they come into play all the time. Like maybe I think. for us, it's like we don't do LLCs or S corps. And okay. When we first started, we did, but it was so chaotic because they have different tax deadlines. And yeah. Like that. And I and, we, and Vanessa told me this long before I admitted that we shouldn't do those kind of companies. Yeah. So like maybe for you guys, it's like, hey, let's get into men's clothing or something like that. You know, like yeah, yeah. No, that's a good that's a good example. You know, like um, there's always uh, t- you know a tendency or a desire to expand into all these other areas. And, you know, we're constantly saying, no, we've got plenty of, of opportunity in our current market that we are nowhere near fully 
you know, uh, penetrating. Let's focus on that. You know, it goes for everything. I mean, you know, stuff that's near and dear to my heart. I, I oversee our marketing budget, you know, and so setting in clear guidelines on what multiple ROI multiples yeah. we want, how we want to think about it. And if it, if the multiples aren't there, we cut budget. You know, we don't just keep spending yeah. or, or, or even leave spending where it is. I mean, stuff like that. I think, you know, uh, marketing in particular, I think, can get a lot of startups in trouble because they, you know, a lot of them have all this money that they've got that they, they've taken on yeah. from from uh, from funding. And, you know, most of that goes to hiring and to marketing in a lot of cases. That's right. Exactly so you guys are you bring up an interesting point in that Toby didn't raise venture capital money like no. you guys are self-funded. Yeah. So the initial investment was made by the current CEO and founder. And yeah, it's been funded via operations ever since. Yeah, it's. It, uh, I really appreciate that because I I like business models that are profitable and have to be profitable. <laughs> you know, I've just I, I've always are, been I've always yeah. been a skeptic of you know the venture model. I know it works in certain cases, but I you know I just think it breeds bad discipline in yeah. a lot of companies. Not yeah. all, I mean, but but in a lot. And so that was one of the things early on that I really liked about Toby when I was interviewing was that, you know, this is a company that is, you know, profitable and, and manages itself that way. And, you know, there's, there's good discipline around its operations and, and how it approaches things. Now it, you know, we, it it puts us at somewhat of a disadvantage in some cases, at least in the short term, when, when we compete against other venture funded companies, because they can do things and and spend on things that we can't, but you know, um, message that to the employee base, like the team, like, because I think one of the things that people don't realize is that allows Toby to control some destiny on a, on an exit. You don't have to get bought for a billion dollars or nothing, right? You can get bought for more or less, or you don't have to sell in five years. You can wait 10 or 15 years. You know, there's a yeah. lot of, I mean, I a lot think, of positives. Yes. I think, uh, we definitely, and certainly, um, you know, the founder, we, we preach a long-term approach, you know, he, he has a decades view approach, you know, one of his, Favorite companies is is Zara and Uniqlo, you know, are both very good examples of retailers that have grown to be these huge, successful businesses. Yeah, I always call it Uniqlo because I don't know how to say it. But yeah, I wear, I wear I'm, tons I'm, of their I'm shirts. I'm not sure. I'm yeah. not sure. We're probably both butchering it. It's a Japanese <laughs> company. So, you know, those companies took decades, decades, you know, and, and for a long time they were just sort of local, regional kind of players. I mean, you know, and, and, and to me, you know, retail, I mean, I think... Uh, there are certain advantages to scale to scaling that the online internet brings, but at the end of the day, it's still kind of it's still retail, yeah. you know, and, uh, and 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 it still takes a long time to build a brand, to build a uh, sustainable, repeatable customer experience and product experience. All these things takes a long time to build, and you know, not having the funding allows us to take that yeah. approach. And and the founder definitely we instill that. I love that. I totally agree. My my mom owned a retail business, and just for any business, she used to always say, "Building a big business takes patience." Yeah, and we we feel we practice that at Cruise Consulting too. Yeah, it's like we're in this for the long haul. Yeah. It's the advantage of having a team that loves what they're doing mm-hmm. and is good at it. And loves coming to work every day because then you're not looking to sell. You don't. Right. You're not. It's not about the. Not, yeah. Not about the dollars. It's about no. Just I mean, doing cool stuff every day. You know, there's definitely no clear exit that we're marching to. Yeah. You know, I think 
most likely will just keep growing this business, for, you know, forever and ever. You know, I mean, that's that's the plan, you know, because we're already profitable and it doesn't for us. We don't necessarily feel like we need to take money. We might, you know, I'm not ruling it out. We might want to do that to accelerate growth uh, in certain situations. But, you know, we're, we're not uh, under this mandate from either us or outside investors to get to a certain point, yeah. you know, whether that's IPO or get purchased or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so, you know, it, it, it does take that kind of pressure off. Yeah. There's still pressure to be profitable and to succeed and to grow. Yeah. Um, but you don't have to, you don't feel like there's this timeline that you're, you're marching against, yeah. you know? So that's, that's, that's what great. that's, I think a lot of people don't quite understand that there you're, you have venture funding, you're pressured to grow really fast. You spend a lot of money. Yeah. But then the, there's but just like one day, yeah, there's just like one day where things change Yeah, at the late stage. And I was like, okay, yeah. you need to be profitable now. It's, it's hard to get all <clears throat> some of those spending habits. Well, you know? yeah. And again, I mean, most, again, most of that money goes to people and to marketing. And if you're hiring like crazy really quickly, you may not be hiring the right people yeah. or you may not be thinking about the org the right way. And yeah. so you hire a bunch of people that you don't really need, yeah. you know, and that's expensive and that doesn't help you grow yeah. the, the company. And then on the marketing side, you know, that paid marketing, you know, once you stop spending that money, it doesn't necessarily yeah, it doesn't compound. stay, yeah. you know. Uh, and so, you know, yeah, both it must of those be a strategies. weird feeling like looking and just shutting off the spigot and then being like, wow, this is this. We're only left with organic. Yeah. Growth. And if, you know, if you didn't spend enough time there, you know, you, you're, you're hosed yeah. I mean, in a lot of ways, you yeah. know, and quite frankly, you know, organic, there's only so much organic, right? So you, you can fuel that growth with all this paid for a while, but when you when you pull those dollars away, it yeah. kind of drops. The, it's like sugar. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. What so, is, what's um? What are some you know? Just kind of talking to e-commerce before we turn on the mic, we we're talking about other e-commerce businesses and stuff like that. Yeah. What's what's your favorite things about e-commerce, and what are some of the challenges? Well, yeah, my, I mean, my favorite thing is that it's a real physical product that people get passionate about. It's yeah. easy to explain to people, you know, and it's it's just there's a lot of common sense to it. You either have a good product customer experience or you don't, you know. Um, there's not like this gaming or you know trying to kind of I don't know. With, well, well, with marketing, you know, um, just the marketing business itself can be. Just you're so removed and disconnected. Yeah. And I know they have product managers and things at, at marketing companies, but to me, those aren't real products. Yeah. I mean, I know I'm probably get skewered by Silicon Valley for <laughs> saying some of your something like that. But you know, like a, a, a widget on a website to me is not a product. Yeah. You know, it's an experience. It's, there's value to it, but yeah. it's just you know, I don't know. I'm guess I'm old school like that. I like having that physical, you know, tangible product. And e-commerce, you know, typically it depends. You know, it covers a, a wide a wide variety of products, but you know, you're selling clothes. That's never going to go away. Yeah, it's not yeah. very cyclical. I mean, yeah. um, uh, you know, especially, you know, women's clothing, women are going to be shopping and buying clothes forever. Yeah. And, you know, you know, so, so there's that, there's that value. I think there's a lot of, you know, one thing that I did really, you really start to learn once you actually work in an e-commerce com environment is how complex it actually is. I mean, everybody thinks, oh, you go on a website, you order, it's so easy, <laughs> yeah. but there's so many different pieces, right? Yeah. And especially if you're vertically integrated, you know, like we are, we don't own the manufacturing, but everything else we run, you know, a yeah. lot of e-commerce companies might outsource their fulfillment or yeah. certain aspects Drop of ship. it. Yeah. We, we don't, we, we, we keep all that 
in house. And so there's all kind, you know, there's everybody down from the, you know, twelve, thirteen dollar an hour fulfillment center worker to, you know, our software engineer, to our CEO, to someone like me, you know, who's got all these degrees and stuff. There's just a wide variety of people mm-hmm. involved in that chain. And I really like that about e-commerce. And everyone's necessary to make it work. Yeah, basically. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah very critical, yeah. you know. Um, the challenges are that everybody loves e-commerce and so super competitive, yeah. right? Um, you know, everybody wants to start their own fashion company. I mean, you know, if you pull, you know, 10 people, men or women, about a company they'd want to start, I'd probably half of them at least would yeah. say I'd want to start some kind of clothing company, yeah. you know, or something like that. And so it's super competitive. And so you have to, it, it's tough, you know, you have to have a very compelling product, one. And, and not only that, you have to execute very well. And so it's, you know, it's tough. It's not all gravy. It might be up early on or when there's a lot of hype, but eventually you're going to, you know, you're going to run into some, some, you know, sticky issues, you yeah. know? And that's, that said though, I was talking to an entrepreneur today who was talking about doing a fintech company. I was telling her that like the complexity and regulation for fintech would actually work in her favor down the yeah. road. It's yes. probably the same for e-commerce. Like right. once you figure this stuff out, it's like it, you look at the new entrant and you're like, oh, that person's got a lot to learn. It's like, true. It, it, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's very complex to kind of create this, this integrated business. And so once you actually do it, you do have sort of a built-in competitive advantage. But it's just surviving to that point, you know, that's, that's pretty, that's tough, you know, and, and there's plenty of companies out there that can't, that don't, yeah. you know, anything worth doing though is like that, you know, Vanessa bootstrapped our company for three years right. by herself, you know, yeah, and exactly. enough money to be able to hire people and all yeah. that stuff. Yeah, well, and it, again, it breeds that discipline, it breeds a sustainable company, yeah. you know, as if, if everything came easy, yeah. you know, uh, you know, even the companies that made it look easy, like, I don't know, Facebook or something, I'm sure they had a lot of issues early on, yeah. you know, and, and it wasn't easy for them to, to, to take off, yeah. you know? And so you're right. I mean, the harder it is, the, the more rewarding it is, yeah. the more challenging it is, but it, it is a drawback and yeah. it's not all easy. So you, it sounds like you see yourself at Toby for 10, 20 more years. Like yeah, you, sounds, I, I can feel your enthusiasm. Like you love working there. I do. I do. I, you know, I like, I love the team. I love the company. I love my role within that company, uh, within Toby. I mean, I, you know, I think, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I really enjoy it. I like all the different problem solving, um, that goes on. I like the dynamic that I have with the co the co-founder and, uh, the president. Um, you know, we all play, play to each other's strengths, I think, and weaknesses, you know, things that I don't do well, he does really well and vice versa. And, and, you know, it's just, it's a good, it's a good environment, good yeah. setup for me, That's you know, awesome. and I think we're, we're poised for, for strong growth. It hasn't been, a, a crazy for us the last couple of years we've gone through some challenges but i but you know in a lot of ways i think that was good you know to start out with that you know to kind of really kind of understand what the challenges were going to be to growing the company first and kind of help fix a lot of those things and then get us back on the path to to you know growth that's so, awesome, man. Yeah. Well, maybe uh, we can wrap it up here. Just you know, sure. talk about uh, where people can find Toby and 
Yeah. You know, you probably have what we got 10 or 15 days till Christmas right now. So yeah, yeah, you better get, I don't, I don't know what our cutoff date is on the website, (laughs) but it's coming up. Uh, let's just say we're not Amazon. We won't, we won't drone drone drop it to you, uh, tomorrow morning, but, uh, yeah, you can find us at uh, toby.com T O B I.com. Um, it's the only place we sell our product through, through our site. Happy, happy shopping. If you, if you know any, uh, 16 to 25 year old uh, females um, who are looking for a good New Year's Eve dress. That's that's our wheelhouse. That's awesome. So yeah. yeah. So in fact, maybe if my if my niece isn't listening to this, I'm yeah, get her something there. There that's you go. Awesome. There you go. Awesome. Well, Matt, thanks for coming on the podcast. This is really yep. great. Thanks for explaining what a VP of Operations does and just yep. talking about Toby and the the positives and negatives of e-commerce, but also like. The fact you guys have done this without raising capital is is really amazing. Yeah, like well, a lot of that credit goes to the management team. I mean, I help, but yeah. a lot of that happened before I got there. Yeah. But uh, but I enjoy it. Yeah. So. Well, you guys are a success story, and I love your site, and I look forward to buying some stuff for my niece on your site. Thanks, yeah. man. Sounds good. Appreciate right. it. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Bye.